You're listening to Journals of the Willing from the Tumbling Saber team, a part of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com, on Facebook, iTunes, and Twitter, and take your first step into a larger world. Welcome back to Journals of the Willing. It's been a while since we sat down here and talked about Star Wars comics. I'm excited, I'm stoked, and I'm Kyle. And this is Steve, just as excited. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing that energy, Kyle. (laughs) Late on a Wednesday night, the winds are howling, man. Spring is around the corner. It's supposed to actually be here, but it's it's teasing us. It just won't, it won't show up. It's this whole failure to launch. Kind of like how we've just, we've tried to start this podcast three times now. <laughs> you'd think after what a year and I don't know how many episodes you'd think we'd have this down pat now but uh, clearly not we still are fumbling with ourselves and we just can't get this thing to work that's a little belated April Fools <laughs> we, we need somebody to uh, come and beat us into shape here with a rubber mallet <laughs> how's it going man it's it's going really well like you said you know spring it's slowly coming not there yet I think it was the day after April Fool's we got a little bit of snow. Um, so it was like, yeah, psych, winter's not done just yet. Um, but other than that, uh, I have a little bit of a collecting update. Um, Do I'll share. Fill you in on. Oh, okay. Um, so for my birthday, which was New Year's, uh, my mom and my brother ordered a Star Wars painting um, for us to hang in our, like, den basement area um and it's it's so cool um so it's a it's one of those five piece paintings that are they're separated so you kind of you you don't put them right next to each other you kind of spread them out it's the um it's the scene on uh, takodana um when the resistance fighters are fall like flying over the lake oh no way i've seen that that is wild man yeah it's the side shot of that it is so exciting once i have it up i'll post a photo so everyone can see um but i'm gonna put it right over um our desktop like our setup here that's cool man yeah i'm so stoked what's good about those things that they can just take up a whole wall Oh, and that's it. I don't have to worry about putting anything else up. And that just, it's done. Done. Beautiful. (laughs) That's super cool, man. Now it's just kind of getting everything even and level. That's the trick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I put up four uh, same size pictures in same size frames. And I just, it took me like a good hour and a half to space them out properly on the wall. And I was like, why is this so hard? Like when I was a kid, I guess it's because I would... As a teenager, you just take posters of whatever size and you just slam them against the wall, right? Like, who cares how, yeah. how they line up? Now it's like, okay, are they going to be level? And if, if they're going to be off, like, staggered, they're strategically staggered, right? There's, there's, it's, it's, it's intentionally off. Right. Like, these ones were all lined up, and I was, like, measuring at the tape measure, and I was, like, little putting little pencil marks on the wall. I'm like, it can't be this hard. No, I mean, my brother-in-law is actually, like, really good at hanging paintings, so it's like we never hang anything without him coming over, <laughs> which I don't know what that says about us, 
but it's helpful having him around. Oh, you got to use those connections, man. <laughs> uh, but what's been uh, new with you? Not a whole lot in terms of collecting. I can tell you that much. Um, I, I don't know if, I, if if it's because I'm waiting for Solo or if it's because I'm kind of just pumping the brakes on collecting as a whole. Or, yeah. I, or maybe another subconscious thing is that locally in my neck of the woods, you know, in, in a, I don't know, 15, 20 mile radius, it just sucks. It's so disappointing to, to drive around and go from one store to the next, whether it's Walmart or Toys R Us, and just find nothing. Like, I'm look, I scroll through Instagram, and people all over the place, and I, and I think primarily in the U.S. where you have Targets and stuff like that, they're finding the vintage collection now. Yeah. They're nowhere to be found here. Nowhere. Uh, no? Like, completely, they don't exist. And it's making well, me irate. Yeah. Well, you guys are keeping one of the options up there. We're losing our Toys R Uses. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a biggie, man. That's that's total. Well, at least you still you still have Walmart and Target, and your Amazons are always more robust and and better shippers than ours. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. But yeah, we've got we've got Walmart, and we're gonna keep our Toys R Us. All I think eighty eight locations nationwide. So I guess in that in that respect, we're lucky. But I, I, I just hope they bring that vintage collection in. My, my Walmart is pitiful. People who listen uh, to all of our podcasts have heard me rant about our local Walmart many a times, and it deserves it. It's a terrible Walmart. <laughs> oh, it's, it's maybe a third of the size of a regular Walmart. And I, just to give a bit of history to it, it used to be a store in Canada, a chain called Zeller's, which... Uh, went belly up and Target came to Canada and bought all the Zellers locations. But before Target could buy that particular Zellers, Walmart swooped in and bought that location. And in my mind, my head canon here just says it was purely to block Target from gaining a foothold in my area. So they just threw oh, up ter- this this awful Walmart. It's it's just terrible. Uh, that's a shame. I- Actually, our Walmart isn't even that close. I think our closest Walmart is like it's like a half hour drive. Um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we don't have like any like really close superstores. Yeah, I'm, my closest one is about twenty minutes away in either direction. But at, uh, I don't feel like going that far. I like you know when I've got a it's my own stubbornness, but when I have a Walmart. Literally four minutes away, even though it sucks, I, re- I really refuse to drive 20 minutes to a better one. <laughs> that yeah, makes no it's sense. It's a convenience. Of... <laughs> now that I say that out loud, I'm like, man, you're just... It's, yeah, it's your own stubbornness. You're spiting yourself, you moron. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, what are you going to do? Uh, you can't move the store yourself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about Denny's? How are you on Denny's locations near you? Denny's. There are more on Long Island, where I grew up. Not so many in Westchester. No, the X-Men don't like uh, Denny's food? Hey, you know, it's not the superhero's choice. You know? <laughs> it, no? it, it, I, don't, I don't think so. Nobody likes you know, it. No, no superheroes only... eat a pile of pancakes or like six eggs and eight strips of bacon? You know, it's funny about that. I've never been to Denny's. Um... I, I and I honestly though the only thing I've heard about Denny's is that 
people go expecting like a grand slam of a good dish and uh, <laughs> people come out disappointed. That's all I hear. Shocking. I don't I, I don't know. I mean, are they are they good in Canada? <laughs> you know what? It's funny. I have one. It's about it's it's on my on the way to my parents' house. So less than an hour from here, we do have a Denny's. It's it's literally treated as like a truck stop. It's right off the side of the highway. And I think it's attached to a gas station. So it sounds it, appropriate. <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, but I've I've I think I went to a Denny's in upstate New York in a in a town called Plattsburgh, which is where a lot of Montrealers go shopping in in, in New York. Um, but in the eighties, like eighties, early nineties to mid nineties, I was always over there. Like we had, we had a, a, a mobile home that we used to weekend at. And yeah, I remember going to Denny's a few times, but boy, we're talking 25 minimum, 25 years ago, probably more like 30, uh, but not since. So you know, are you going to pick up any of the, uh, the Han Solo merchandise? You're going to go out of your way to pick that stuff up? Uh, maybe <laughs> I, I want as much as I want to. Dan's kind of put the kibosh on getting a lot of collectibles. Oh, no, because <laughs> we've kind of um, I mean, I think the 40th anniversary is my big like I need this. And he was like, OK, <laughs> and now it's like we don't have the space. <laughs> no, that's the, that's always the deal. I'm like, where am I going to put all this? I can't display it all. It's going to sit in a box. Mm hmm. I know what that's you know? all about. I will not go back. Uh, I, I won't rehash that story again. Uh, the story of my closet to my left here. <laughs> one day. One day I will unearth everything in there. I swear. Uh, what about you? Are you going to pick any of it up? Not unless I enlist the help of uh, of one of our friends south of the border. So I just, I simply will not get it here. That's, they're not, the, the solo merch is not coming to Canada. Ah, that really sucks. It does suck. Because I would have, well, I would have driven forty minutes to go pick up a few packs of cards, but uh, mm. yeah, saves me a, saves me a lot of gas. Eh, well, again, if you need me to get anything for you, I'll ship it up. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. No problem. All right, so let's uh, let's give the people what they paid for here. Let's uh, let's talk about some Star Wars comics, shall we? We shall. We, we got a lot of catching up to do, so I figure maybe we could just do a little tap dance here on the the Ashes of Jeddah arc, which I think spanned from issues thirty eight through forty, uh, so thirty eight through forty three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, six. It was six parts. I think six yeah. long parts. <laughs> it was a long one. <laughs> but you know, I, I got to tell you, going into that. I was so excited when I heard that Kieran Gillen was taking over writing from Jason Aaron, who I felt was kind of out of ideas and out of inspiration. I was like, great, that, it's going to reinvigorate. And then here's the solicitation for his first arc going back to Jeddah. And it's Luke on the cover with Jedi robes. And I thought, they're going to blow our minds. This is all coming during the lead up to uh, The Last Jedi. There is certainly going to be some kind of subtle tie in or nod. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> no, nothing. not so much, man. Like, I found this a really tough arc to get through. And I mean, I, it was more of a tie. Sorry, it was. I was saying it was more of a tie into Rogue One than Last Jedi. You know? Yeah, which is not a bad thing. I mean, 
you know, it's my expectations that it was going to be focused or geared a little bit towards Last Jedi, which may, it's my fault. They never hyped it as a Last Jedi tie-in. Uh, so, you know, my expectations got a little bit ahead, ahead of me. But having a tie-in to Rogue One is just as cool. Seeing the gang over on Jedha makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I got through the six-issue arc, and I just... I mean, there's a couple things, right? Again, it's it's the art. Salvador LaRocca's face tracing was just so jarring. And we, we you and I spoke about it, even though, though we hadn't recorded. We certainly never talked about these issues. It, it was just too much. I, it, I'm, I'm fed up. I can't get anything out of his stories while he does that. I, the one thing that really baffles me about that style is that he does it for characters that aren't in the movies. Like, there's a couple of shots um, of the Queen of Shatoran. <laughs> I know where she it looks like he copied it from a real actress but i'm like we know very well this is not a real person this is she was never in a movie why does it look like this i've seen it's, somebody on twitter and i i will not remember their handle so i apologize um they put a, a i don't know how they do this but they've done it more than once where they've unearthed the picture of this rando actor or actress and put the side by side with uh, the the art from the from the, the comic and I'm like how did you dig that up and it's 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 absolutely where he nailed it from where Laroca pulled what? it from it's like it's yeah, it's yeah. jarring was it Wesley that 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 pointed that out uh, he may have pointed it out I don't think he actually found the JPEG that made the comparison but I think he okay. may have retweeted the person that did gotcha gotcha I, yeah and I just I remember the Twitter conversation. And I'm just like, oh my god! Like, come on, man! Just, oh. just stop, please! Yeah. Like, and what you know? What's almost refreshing is that, like, I I felt for a while like you and I were the only people talking about it, and now I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it grow. Good. You know, I see. I see. We we talk. I I complain about it almost every Wednesday with Wesley. It's be, almost become like a tradition. And I you know Nathan Roberts from our group also does it. And I, I'm seeing people from outside our, our relatively small Star Wars Commonwealth sphere like kind of railing on it and having enough. So I hope somehow the message rises up either to LaRocca himself or to the editorial staff who just say, knock this off, man. This is this is pissing people off. I mean, I just don't understand the the benefit of it. Like, it, you know, it, they only pump one issue out a month. So I don't like there's no like they're not like like X-Men. I, I think they try to do two. They do two a month for like the color issues or whatever. Um, so there's no like speed component to it. Well, you look at a guy who who started this this title in, I think, John Cassidy. Yeah. Who everybody said, okay, well, that means he's going to do six issues before he falls behind and leaves the title, which is pretty much what happened. But it's like he, he did, he managed it for a while. Like one issue a month doesn't, it's not outrageous for somebody to draw unless, unless the Roca has other stuff going on that I'm unaware of. Right. Right. But I mean, God, dude, like you can draw, the guy can draw. Just, 
stop tracing. It's it's enough now. <laughs> anyway, so Oy. one of the things that, that jumped out to me and really took me by surprise is just how devastated Jeddah actually is. Like, you know, when I watched Rogue One and it was a single single reactor fire from the Death Star, right? And it, it drilled a hell of a hole into the crust of, of Jeddah City and blew it right off the map. Of course, had that that uh, tsunami of of I don't know debris across the landscape, but I didn't think that it would leave the planet kind of shattered in half the way we see it in in this comic book. What did like what what did you think of that? Um, it it was an interesting jump to go from where what we saw to how it's portrayed. Um. But, I, you know, I wonder, I mean, again, I don't know, like, the science behind it. And Star Wars isn't, isn't exactly hard science fiction. Um, but, I, I, I mean, I imagine that the damage done might have just caused, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word, like, more, um, not at- atmospheric change, um, but just, like, real, like, changes to its core. Um, kind of, like, think of, like, you know, a giant meteor hitting earth, you know, wiped out, you know, the dinosaurs, you know, that, you know, that kind of effect. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it could have just been a chain reaction of things where the planet just like literally fell up, fell in half. I just threw it to, you know, a complete state of like instability. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I can live with it, but it's just like, wow, look at it. It's, it's, if, you know, if anybody had been watching agents of shield over the last couple of months, you saw earth, you know, 90 years in the future, kind of the same thing. Just it's, it's, there's nothing left of it except for this small sliver with like a semi, semi heated core exposed to outer space. It, it was really weird to look at, but yeah, that's, that's where we find Jetta and the empire still won't leave it alone. They're still ripping out kyber crystals from what's left of its carcass. And uh, the rebels show up to help uh, chase off what's left of, you know, all, all these Imperials that are still, leeching at Jeddah, right? Mm-hmm. What I what I liked, um, just on the character side, uh, you know, enough riffing on the artwork, you know, what I did like <laughs> was um, you know, the little references like the realization of who Jin Erso was, and then Luke coming to terms with Rogue One's sacrifice leading up to what he had to do. Yes. That and was him nice. Yeah, and him not knowing if he could have gone through with it had he actually known and had that pressure of Rogue One's sacrifice on him. So it was kind of, it was nice um, to bridge that gap. And it wasn't exactly like a course correction, but kind of like filling in that gap, like, yeah, well, why didn't he know about it? And, you know, so them acknowledging that he didn't know of Rogue One's existence. And um, that was some nice consistency there. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It was nice to see Luke and the gang acknowledge, yeah, the the the, the Rogue One group that made all that possible. That was nice. Um, did we take anything else out of that entire arc? I mean, was the whole thing just a setup so that Leia could eventually uh, befriend and make an ally of the Queen of the the Shutoran Empire? Um, I mean, other than that, I mean, I did kind of like the um. The, 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 with the temple guards or what have you like um you know we didn't get a lot of jedi lore out of it 
Um, but, you know, just a little bit of um, kind of foreshadowing and forewarning of the dark side. I, I did like that tonally. Yeah, I suppose you're right. But overall, I mean, considering we're talking about a six issue run. No, yeah, there wasn't much um, story momentum. <laughs> no, I found I thought it was really slow and not a whole lot to to sink your teeth into here as far as as plot and narrative goes. Like, yeah, no. again, the main title kind of leaving me cold. Like, if it was any, if this was any other franchise, I would have left it a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, like, unfortunately, like I would say, if it was just this one arc that felt like a detour, you know. But then we had like that six or seven issues of just like one two issue arcs that just weren't nailing it you know mm-hmm. it was yeah jason aaron just sort of airing out his final thoughts that they were hit and miss and before that we had uh that that almost gothic horror arc screaming citadel correct yeah which, which was okay yeah. but yeah, yeah then yeah. before that yeah you had yoda with the those that weird mountain mountain monster thing that was really mm. bizarre. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's been almost 20 issues since the main title has been consistently good. And that that's pushing two years. Yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, this is just kind of like, you know, we've been saying this and I mean, just to reiterate, you know, I think a lot of it is, is they're they're really running the dry well, uh, running the well dry um, in this time line in you know in this little uh two three year gap yeah i think this, know? i think the sponge is just about dry <laughs> you know I, I i really don't think there's much i mean i feel like they're just kind of skirting around hoth you know we need to just get to hoth and move past it you know like i think we need to just jump a little bit more well that i mean that is a good segue into into this next arc starting with issue 44 right because that i think that is what we're driving at here. They, they keep mentioning it now in the, uh, the, the opening crawls that as, as the rebels have been chased from Yavin four, they're, they're now in pursuit or looking for a new base. So we know that Hoth is somewhere on the horizon. It's in their immediate plans. And it was all easy, even, um, referenced, I believe in storms of crate. I think they even talked about looking for a new base in that issue. So we, right. we know that's coming, but you know, so far, I don't know how many issues this, this new arc is going to go, but I think so far it's been a refreshing turn. I'm, I'm enjoying, despite the face tracing, I'm enjoying issues 44 and 45. I was, I was just about to say, you know, it, it does seem to be taking a turn up. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I think part of that is something else we'll talk about later in, in the show is that it's kind of intercutting across time with the Darth Vader arc. Right. Which is really cool. And and that'll explain some things, which I, again, we'll get to after. Um, but this is, and, I, and again, I think another thing that we will really come to enjoy about this is that we're getting a lot of cameos, a lot of familiar faces and places now. And so that just feels, it feels Star Wars-y, right? So now right. this this arc is starts out on Mon Cala, and we're you know we're seeing Akbar and we're seeing uh, King Lee Char, right? Like 
this is, I mean, we actually, we don't see him here, but we were hearing the name. We hadn't seen that since uh, the Clone Wars when he was a young little squid. Right. <laughs> but this is, this is pretty cool stuff. And, and the premise here is uh, the rebellion, namely Leia, Han, Luke, 3PO. They're trying to convince the Mon Cala to let the rebellion use their fleet. Please give your ships to us. Like, you have the best merchant fleet in the galaxy. We have a place where we can retrofit them for war. Join us. And the Mon Calans, I think under the command of, what's his face? Uh, Admiral Urtia? I'm trying to remember. I think, yeah, that's his name. Admiral Urtia. He's filling in Urtia. for for Lee Char, who's been kind of captured by the Empire. Right? So he doesn't want to... He doesn't want to give the Rebellion their fleet because he's he, he's afraid of backlash or punishment from the Empire. So, I mean, this is this is all really kind of cool stuff right now. So, the negotiations fall apart, and Leia decides, well, the only way to get through to these Mon Calans is to give them back their king. And so, the I mean, that that's a really quick sum up of the issue um, where it ends that Leia decides we're going to go bust... Uh, Link Lee Char out of this imperial prison, right? So that's 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 really the the sum up of issue forty four. I mean, what I liked about that was it was very it was a very quick quickly paced issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it just it moved. Um, there was exposition, there was diplomacy, there was talk, but you know there was action, and it just seemed to it, it flowed really well. I think the writing. From Galen is getting it's getting tighter here. Yeah, yeah, and and some of the action based on you know on the beach of of this uh, Mon Calan island, and some of the action through the the like jungle type forest looked a lot like Rogue One. Yeah, it had a scarif feel for sure. Absolutely, and that was that that's welcome. Anytime you want to bring Rogue One into the mix, I'm down. Uh, yeah, it was just a good looking book. I like the premise of this. I like the fact that there's some continuity going on across the Star Wars timeline. Uh, I'm a I'm a sucker for continuity, and I like um, I like that they're pulling from that from the previous Jedi arc, with Leia already using her uh, newly formed friendship with the Queen of the Shutoran Empire, right? She's she's asking Leia's asking for her help in helping to uh, break Leech Heart out of that prison. So that's cool to see as well. It almost has a uh, a fulcrum feel to it. Yes. The informant, you know, I like that. Good call. Yeah, because you see her face in the hologram, but it's all, it's completely scrambled by, by, by design so that she's not found out. That's a good call. Yeah. And then we jump into issue 45, uh, where Leia, and this is a, another really cool issue. Uh, again, full of little cameos, full full of little tie-ins. Uh, but Leia presenting her rescue plan to rebellion leadership. So we meet Mon Mothma. Uh, we see General Draven from Rogue One, who's as crusty as ever. Uh, General Dodonna's there. Uh, even even little cameos from from Hera and Zeb. Ah, oh, was so cool. <laughs> I mean, can we even call it a cameo? I mean, they I mean, just, it was just there. Yeah, they were just in a panel, right? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Like look like they just jumped right out of the animated show. Um, I I like well it's interesting because you know they were waiting 
for that. Like they obviously couldn't have shown that before the Rebels finale. Right. Because it would definitely spoil. Well, we knew Hera had survived Rebels, but we didn't really know about Zeb yet. So it really wouldn't have placed, you know, they wouldn't have been able to place them yet. Yeah, and the way that Zeb is kind of looking back towards uh, towards us in that panel, it's almost like he's smirking at us. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I made it." <laughs> yeah, look at look at me, I'm here. Uh, but yeah, that that was cool. And of course, you know, they're they're all saying, that, you know, this mission is impossible. It's it's a dumb idea. But guess what? that always means a dumb idea is the one that they're going to go with, right? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And then on the, the I guess the subplot of this issue is uh, Han and Luke try, going to drown their sorrows a little bit in milk. <laughs> Luke wants a glass of milk, and Han wants to get liquored up. Uh, but then in comes some of the the Red Squadron pilots. So we're talking more cameos from from Zev, uh, from Empire Strikes Back, and Hobby Wedge comes back, looking uh, strangely like Biggs in one of the panels, right? I don't. I can't remember where, where is that. I gotta. I gotta find this. It's, it's almost embarrassing. Yeah, it's right near the beginning of the book where uh, Luke accidentally force pushes Wedge, and it's like it's like a direct pull from A New Hope, and it's 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 supposed to be Wedge in this panel, but it's clearly Laroca tracing Biggs and trying to pass it off as Wedge, and it's like, ah. God, please, can someone just try caring? Did I do a tap dance on the art again? He, you know, he puts the detail into the alien background characters. Why can't he just put the detail into, like, Wedge? I don't know. It just... Uh, the detail's there where, in it, where it can be, you know? Like, but not where it counts. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. It was really, really weird. Anyway, so this turns into a, a, a meeting in the mess hall, which is... It feels like almost like... Red Squadron getting kind of liquored up here. They all start getting... It looks like they start getting drunk. Which is... Anyway, and they're kind of giving a... Uh, a cheers to some fallen comrades at the Death Star and stuff like that. And actually, you know what? They, I think they do a rundown of the pilots who, who died at the he Death Star. He says all the names. And then he says, I wish I could remember all the names of the dead rebels. Which I thought was, was nice. It just feels like Luke carries a lot of weight on his shoulders you know he um where does he list them off I'm trying to find yeah i page. found it here so uh to, oh. to drace brannon porkins rue dins dinnies dinas natan net searle nako and biggs <laughs> the way luke looks down it's so it's so mopey and biggs and biggs my friend. Yeah, and then we we cut away uh, over into Leia's plot to go steal the king, but first they need to stop at this other place to get some somebody to uh, help them access this Imperial Ultra Security facility, and we're going to steal. If we remember, Zam was sell from Attack of the Clones, the Changeling. Well, it's someone from this species. Uh, they're going to bust one of these guys out of another facility to compose as an as an imperial moff. So it's getting a little convoluted, but it's still it's still kind of fun to see these things play out. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I like the the little the little um, emotional beat when she walks in uh, to get him out of that, and he's formed as um, her father. Oof. Well, I have, I have a question about that. I mean, that was a dirty trick, and it it kind of oh wow, like it caught me off guard. For a second, I questioned like what is going on here. Like, I, I had to like kind of check myself to think, what what exactly timeline are we here? Right, this can't be right. And then, oh, okay, I see it now. But how did this person know that Leia was coming so that he could actually pose as Bale? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. And then you have to kind of read into the power itself. I mean, because everyone was seeing Bale, right? So it's not like it's an illusion thing. Yeah, no, this person was... Yeah. All changelinged up as, as Bale. So, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. A little bit of a plot hole there. I suppose. I know that the person kind of mentioned something into an intercom, but I don't think the prisoner would have heard that. Unless the person has a speaker or a, a PA in his room. I don't know. In his prison cell, I should say. Anyway, that's, that's again, that's a, the ultra brief rundown of issue 45. But it, it, it's a really brisk issue. It's highlighted by uh, better art. It's the, the, the tracing is not as jarring in this issue. At least it, it didn't hurt me as much. And I guess it's, it, it's also offset and uplifted by the number of cameos and connections to other places and people in Star Wars. That really, really helped. And like you said, uh, Kieran's, Gillen, uh, Kieran's or Gillen's writing seems to be tightening up which is helping an awful lot. Right. I mean, as long as like, you know, as far as making a, a you know, a concise story. Um, and I, and, and I am enjoying the character beats, um, the emotional beats of, a lot. And see, it seems like as of issue 46, which is already out, it's, it's out on shelves already uh, that would, you know, that came out today. Uh, so if you want to see the next chapter, it's, it's already available. And I can only imagine that things start to heat up from here. Leia's plan will actually swing into action and they'll they'll start heading over to this Imperial facility and I'm, I imagine that'll be another cool issue where uh, you know a pretty classic Star Wars thing, busting someone free, like just like she she was broken free now she's going to go and take someone out herself uh, there was there was a line now this is actually, I think this is Ashes of Jeddah um, when they're sneaking on board and she's like, is this what it was like getting onto the Death Star? <laughs> I, I, I like that. Yeah, there's a nice little callback there. Uh, and, and maybe it was Han or, or Luke. There, no, it was definitely Han. It was like, I no, but back then we had this annoying princess with us. And <laughs> I thought it was funny. Well, in one of these two issues, I forget what it was. I, I think it's in issue 44. I'll try and find it quickly here. A little nod to or maybe foreshadowing of Han and Leia's eventual relationship. Where is that? There it is. Okay, so it is it is an issue 44 towards the end. Uh, and then Leia's leaving the bridge, or the cockpit of the Falcon, and she says to Han in passing, don't you ever want something you just can't have? And the next panel is just Han looking back at Leia, not saying anything. And then Chewie, <laughs> Chewie in the next panel laughing at Han, and Han just says, knock it off already. Right. <laughs> so you get that little seed here. 
that yeah han is is already having thoughts about leia so right i mean they're gonna have to start to develop that in this run because by the time we get to um empire strikes back i mean we already have our admission of love so they're gonna have to kind of kind of weave that in more now that is gonna have to yeah you're right because this this is the first i've seen of it or i the first i can remember seeing of this little eventual relationship that's coming along i know they've kind of been they've all they're always sniping at each other with barbs but this is the first time where you saw han kind of speechless and saying yeah yeah princess i i i do want something that i can't have but yeah, you're right. right. They, they've got to start ratcheting up that tension. Yeah, building up some tender moments, some, you know, back story, some, you know, just some meat to hold on to that kind of validates Empire Strikes Back, you know? Yeah, because by the time we pick up with them on Hoth, it's full on. It's Han Solo who is just he's, he's daring Leia, right? Come right. on. Ah, come on. All right, so finally, we can, I think we can wrap things up with Darth Vader number 13. Ah, uh, so good. <laughs> oh, God. It's just like, uh, I just want to say, guys, go read Darth Vader 13. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you know, we are going to spoil it. So there, I think there's, there's a whole lot to say about this issue. So, so good. Yeah. I mean, off the hop, I mean, I love how it opens with um kind of a, a newer interpretation of revenge of the sith um i guess because uh, he's wearing his vader outfit so I, I imagine this is some kind of dream sequence or you know they don't show that he's like in meditation or anything um but he's visioning it with alternatively right well just to back this up for a second so i i'm sure people listening are some some people anyway are, are aware that there's a pretty serious little mistake in the opening crawl of this where it says three years have passed. So that's an actual, that's a mistake. Right. That's a pretty big, well, somebody should have caught this. I mean, I don't think it ruins anything, but it's one of those things that, that has kind of plagued the star Wars titles, just little continuity errors that get picked up on right away. Uh, So this is really only set one year after uh, the last the last run uh, so issues 11 and 12 this the issue 13 picks up about one year later and the, the only reason why people knew that is because well what is sixth brother the inquisitor sixth brother doing in this issue of darth vader when he was killed by ahsoka you know one, like two years prior in the ahsoka novel right um i think they said that in reprints that in, they're going to fix that in yeah in second in second run printings they've fixed mm-hmm. it as well as digital good good so that's done with so we we have these relics now steve oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right so um the opening scene is basically it's the inverse of the duel on mustafar where it's it's obi-wan saying it's over anakin i have the high ground but vader kind of turns the tables on obi-wan in this in this uh particular story and he's the it's obi-wan that gets set on fire by lava which is it's pretty jarring right 
Um, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it almost feels like one of those, like, what if issues that series used to do. Um, I guess still do. I don't know if, um, you know, it, it kind of it does make you wonder, like, you know, like, what if it turned out that way? How different would the series be? Oh, boy. Um, but also shows that, you know, if this is how Vader is dreaming of that event, you know, the anger that he must have towards Obi-Wan is 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 really stirring. And probably himself for failing. And yeah. And I think it represents a change in Vader as well, because I, I might be mistaken, but I think a few issues back in this run, uh, Vader was having visions of Obi-Wan of like Obi-Wan sort of calling Anakin back. I want to say it was sort of in that early, that early run, maybe around issue four or five. Yeah. Um, when he was facing the first, that first Jedi that he went after. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. In Fala. I think that's right. I think Obi-Wan was, was in one of Vader's visions saying, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not too late. You can come back. And it, it was having, it was giving Vader second thoughts. But yeah, now it's just totally just dark thoughts of him killing Obi-Wan straight up. Uh, so what's cool, uh, something else cool about this particular issue is the ongoing uh, machinations of Palpatine where he's slicing apart the Senate. Like he's, he's undercutting the Senate's power and authority. Things that are, we're still talking about in A New Hope many years later. But we're seeing that here where and Palpatine's talking about how the Senate believes it's still important, but it's really not. Like, he's neutered them, and there's only one voice that matters, and that's his, right? Right. I love the mention of Krennic um, when Vader asks if the uh, the station was ready. Yes. Um, I don't know if this is the the first mention. I think they might have mentioned Krennic before. Um, but we are getting a deeper look at the the, the characters in Rogue One and just in Star Wars in general, um, you know, even leading up to, to Tarkin's appearance. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the reason that why they, they even mentioned the Death Star at all is, um, and this is where this issue is really gets cool, is that this issue and this arc of Darth Vader kind of meshes with the ongoing arc that we just spoke about from Star Wars, from the main run. This is just, they're heading to Mon Cala, I think, yeah, so what's going on here on, in in this issue is negotiations between the Empire and Mon Cala. The Empire just basically wants to fleece Mon Cala for their resources without paying them hardly anything for the resources. And Mon Cala's pushing back against that, and the Emperor wants to wants to punish them. And Vader's asking, well, okay, is, is the weapon ready? And he's alluding to the Death Star, and to which... To which Palpatine says, no, Krennic's having trouble. And then, uh, but we what we do get, we get another, I guess it's a glorified cameo in this issue, but it's Tarkin. And we see a different side of, of military strategy, I think, here, where instead of just saying, all right, let's just go run roughshod over them, they're talking about... Uh, targeted propaganda campaigns to get the Moncala and the Quarren fighting with one another so that they don't really fight us, the Empire, too much. 
And that's something we've not really seen play out in either the movies or the pages of, of a Star Wars comic, right? Right. No, not at all. Um, and I and I like what Tarkin says that, you know, um, the power of an empire is not what it destroys, but what it controls. Um, and I, I just like seeing this this more manipulative side of the empire. Right. Rather than just blow up. Right. They, they need planets to rule over. So I, I, I enjoy seeing kind of this. Um, yeah. This side of the planning. Yeah. And I feel like if you know, if I if I read through my Star Wars propaganda book again, written by Pablo, I bet you I could find a tie in somehow to this particular arc. And that would be that that would be a really cool nod. I don't know if it's in there, but I'm going to look. Uh, and then. Here's where we finally meet Lee Char, who we talked about in the previous Star Wars arc. So in the Star Wars arc, in that timeline, he's been imprisoned. And it's going to be the events in this Darth Vader series, I assume, that will will lead to his imprisonment. Because he's telling the, the, the Imperial Ambassador, get out of here. Like, we're not going to let you take our resources for next to nothing. Right? So th- then... Uh, the the ambassador says, "All right, well, look, we're on the same side here, but uh, you're making things awfully tough." So he takes off, and immediately gets shot down, which, but we don't know by who, and we don't know why. So that's that's not good for the Moncalas. Right, and you know, I think the first thing that you you jump to is you know you're thinking that you know it's the Empire, and I was wondering, well, I kind of question that theory because. You know, that seems like a big sacrifice on their part. I mean, unless this guy was just not that important to them. <laughs> but just to get, you know, the Moncala on their side. Or to to obey, you know, I mean, so then, the, you know, there must be some real value on the planet. If they're going to these lengths to get them to um, cooperate. Right. And we see some of the people in, in Lee Char's inner circle, including, again, Akbar, who kind of gets right in Vader's face, which was nice to see. But also Admiral Radis, who's not yet. Radis. I love Radis, man. I don't know why. I just love this guy. But yeah, he's in here. And you can see sort of, uh, I mean, again, we're still what, 17 years or so before A New Hope? Right? So, like, it's it's not the Radis that is flying the, or leading the profundity on Scarif, at the Battle of Scarif. It's it's a different guy, but he's still uh, kind of defiant, and he, you can still tell he doesn't, diplomacy is not quite his thing. He He's pretty gung-ho. I think he wants to fight. Oh, absolutely. I, um... I was trying to find some context in the comic, but yeah, no, I mean, he, the diplomacy piece isn't there for him yet. You know, he's calling them pompous and, you know, yeah, he's ready to go for it. And really, so, so is Akbar. Like he get Vader descends on the planet. So there's, yeah, there's two, it's, a, I guess a twofold campaign from the empire against uh, the Mon Cal at this point. It's, it's Tarkin up in the sky over, in orbit above the planet saying, okay, we're going to, find other ways, non-violent ways to disrupt these people and get them cooperating. Vader goes down planet side and he's going to go shake them up physically. So he lands and he's accompanied by three inquisitors. And 
there's Akbar getting right in their faces. All of them just saying, yeah, you're not getting off this platform until you tell me like why you're here. Which just, oh, Akbar, man. Hero. <laughs> what a hero, man. Love that. So this issue kind of plays out. I mean, at the end of it all, like I said, the ambassador gets shot down. Um, Vader tells Akbar that they're here to root out some sort of uh, agent that is, or enemy of the empire that's on Mon Cala. And Akbar is going, no, there's no, there's no enemy of the empire here. It's just us. And once the ambassador's shot down, Vader's like, yeah, uh, no, you're wrong. And what's really cool about that, Steve, is that like Palpatine has suspected earlier in the, in the uh, issue, the Mon Cala are receiving help from a Jedi. So we cut to this, underground cave or grotto type place and sure enough you see a, a jedi in a brown robe you can't see his face you can't even really tell what species or gender although he looks like a human male if i had to guess uh, but he knows he absolutely knows that vader is skywalker how's that for a closing reveal a nice uh nice cliffhanger as, I, um, as far as we know, very few people know that Vader is Skywalker. Right. So who who could possibly know this? Yeah. I mean this 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 blew my mind. This reveal of this Jedi on Mon Cala saying, "Yeah, I know that guy. The guy on the, in the black suit, it's Skywalker." Which right away you know it's it's his death warrant. Just like Jocasta knew, this guy, it, it, things won't end well for this particular Jedi. I, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm baffled. I'm trying, you know, it's like, I don't know if we could even, like, guess who it is. I mean. I mean, are, can our thoughts drift to Kenobi? It can't be him, right? I, I, I mean. I, mean, I guess if yeah. they really wanted to, they could make it Kenobi. They, they really could. I mean, is there is there anything that prevents that from happening other than, you know, the the, the head canony thing that oh Kenobi would never leave Luke, on Tatooine by himself. That's just not something he would do. That's what we say. That's that's been my belief. But that doesn't mean they won't do that. I mean, this mm. could be, this could be Kenobi. I'm gonna say it's not, but I I can't offer you a better name. No, it could be Kenobi. It could also not be – it could be Kenobi, but not physically, right? Projection that was introduced. Hmm. That is true. Would he have been able to achieve that and not tell Luke? I don't know. Um, it's interesting. It's really interesting. So I'm looking at the solicitations for future issues. Not, there's no clues here, man. I'm looking all the way ahead up until issue 17. Good. No spoilers. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It just, I mean, the cover art, I mean, it's out there, so I, I feel safe in talking about it, but it looks, the cover art is Vader dueling with this Jedi. Right. But no face, no visual there. You cannot make out what's going on. Um, just speaking of upcoming cover art, though, for the next issue, for 14... I love that cover. Vader is submerged in water with like the moon behind him. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty haunting. It's it's almost 
like Jaws ish. Yeah. Um, Jaws. I, I was even getting like Friday the Thirteenth, Camp Crystal Lake, Jason coming out yes, of the lake kind of vibe. That's better. Well, yeah, you're you're the horror movie guy. You would know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what that fits perfectly. Ah, it's so cool. I mean, like I'm just I'm wondering because we see that little pool, that pond with the Jedi. I'm wondering if the water is because it you know because as i'm looking through you know the preview is right after that cliffhanger and i'm just trying to tie in the water somehow i don't know it could just be coincidence but one of the last things we see is water so i'm wondering if you know there's something about that location in general um that maybe has some kind of force uh qualities yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I mean, Charles Sewell has just done all near perfect near near perfect work in my mind with this series so far. And you know what the with the timing of this now, the way that the Vader series is meshing with the main title, now I understand, I think I understand a little better the place that issues 11 and 12 played in all this, that little mini bounty hunter arc, the, the hits on Vader's life that we talked about last time. Uh, it, it to me, it feels like Charles Sewell and Kieran Gillen sat down and said, "Okay, how can we make this overlap a little bit and cross over a bit?" And they they laid out each other's plans and said, "Okay." Then Charles Sewell just said, "I need to, I need to." There's two issues here, right? That I need to kind of squeeze something in so that then our issues start uh, overlapping with one another. So now that little two part arc, issues eleven and twelve, now I get their place a little bit more because everything's sort of been in the, the, uh, the five issue arc area. Right. right? So I just need a little kind of time to space it out. Just, yeah. Right. I mean, the, I'll use the F word filler. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to do that, but that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of what issues 11 and 12 were. I don't, I don't think they were necessarily bad filler. They weren't like, I don't think they were boring. Yeah, they weren't just the usual mind blowers that we've we've become spoiled with now with Charles. Right. And what I like, I really like this style of crossover, right? It's not the kind of crossover where, you know, if you're reading one series, you have to buy the other series. Right. It's more thematic. You know, they each have a full arc. You know, you know, it's not like two issues are here, three issues. You know, they each have full five issues or whatever it is. Um, and they can just tell their own story and, but they're connected through time. Yes. That, that is so well put. I think we've talked about on this show, like how much I don't like crossovers. I don't like screaming Citadel. It bothered me that they kind of forced me to buy not only a one shot, but then a few issues of, of Dr. Afra, just so I can keep right. up without, you know, falling behind. Well, they did the same thing with Vader down. I mean, granted, you read both those um, titles anyway, but. Well, yeah, for anybody uh, who wasn't, you kind of had to now. Yeah. And I, I can't stand when they do that. I understand why they do it uh, for a couple different reasons to kickstart sales. Or if you want to tell a broader story in a shorter time, you know, now you right. have double the amount of issues to work with. Right. But by and large, I, I don't like when they do this and I hate it when they do it in superhero land, like 
The X-Men I mean, did it all yeah. the time when I was a kid, and it it was one of the things that drove me out of comics. I mean, every every superhero issue does that, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I think just alone in, in the in the re- most recent reboot of the X-Men, like every issue had a or not every issue, every series had a um, had a crossover like that. It, it, it's exhausting <laughs> from a, like a consumer's perspective. Right. It's exhausting. Yeah, and I remember as a kid reading like Acts of Vengeance and stuff like that. I'm going, why did I buy this? It said it was part of this this crossover event, and it barely touched on it. You know, going back even further to Secret Wars, it was like, that's it. That's the connection. Okay, and I, I I've been turned off of crossovers for a very long time. So I'm right. glad that this is much more subtle, uh, but still still impactful. All right. Well, uh, is there anything else you've been reading that you want to get off your chest quickly? What have I been reading? I caught up on Buffy. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I binged the trades. Um, so now I'm just waiting for season 10. No, season 11. I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> but I think the new season's only going to be like five or six. So it's what, what was so weird and I guess Joss Whedon and crew maybe learned. So when they did season eight, it was like it was 40 and it was 40 issues. It was it was eight trades it came out to. And it took them like four years to tell the story. And that oh. was one one season it took them four years <laughs> for one beginning to end story. And then they halved it. Right. So season nine. And ten were four four issues oh season 11 was two not four ish sorry it was I'm, I'm thinking in trade so they were four trades and now the last season was two trades and now i think they're only going to do one trade so i think i feel like they're gearing up to end which makes me sad <laughs> but i get it it's been going on a long time <laughs> yeah it's a good run yeah, I mean, they they picked it up almost. Uh, it started in 08. The show ended in 03. So five years later, they did. So almost 10 years now, this, this series has been going. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what about you? Uh, I picked up um, the Dr. Afra issue 18 with Hera on the front cover. Mm. They got me. <laughs> they gotcha. put... so you, you only but you only just got that issue right you have you didn't catch up to it you just kind of you're jumping in i read it uh i'm kind of lost i just i frankly i bought it only because hera was on the cover i will buy almost anything with hera on it uh so i did that um i read it it's kind of cool i mean there there are some cool ties into a new hope uh dr evison makes an appearance uh, it, it it was good fun. It's a bit zany, what you come to expect from Doctor Afra's title. Uh, I guess, yeah, the Doctor Afra run is a little bit off the wall sometimes. Yeah, and that's kind of what makes Maybe it cool. That. <laughs> uh, other than that, you know, I'm I'm not really reading a ton of the things I'm pulling. Like I, I'm still pulling uh, Trinity, which okay, yeah, I've I'm up to issue twenty, and I've not read any i've read issues one i think one and two <laughs> uh, one day I, i'll just binge that once i'm all done with this i'll just 
you know, I'll try and like read one issue a night or something like that. It's hard to keep up. I mean, there's just so much just media to consume in general, right? It's, it's hard to keep up with everything. It really is. Um, I mean, with comics, like I've just been so uh, disheartened, I guess, or like I, with, with, with the X-Men reboot. So I was having a hard time keeping up with it. I was pulling and pulling just to, you know, I, and I was going to catch up. And then I just, you know, and I found out that they are going to reboot again. This is X Men Gold and Blue. It was blue and yeah, gold and blue. And then they added red. Then they had Generation X. They had all these other titles. Cable had a series. Um, they were still going, but I think they're like I don't know what they're ending and then what they're rebooting. And then there's this whole thing of legacy numbering, and they're gonna go change the numbering again. And I I don't know. Yeah, it just I... it confuses me. I. I don't know what to do. A couple of years ago when they announced, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I remember now. So they announced X-Men gold and blue and they promised oh, a, like a clean new start. I was like, great. Finally, they're going to do this. Cause they, I know that they, they promised it two years before that even. And even th- like that didn't last. I was like, Oh yeah. God, like, can you guys just stick to something? So Marvel, I love what they're doing in MCU, but I'm I'm right now completely out on Marvel Comics, completely 100% out. Uh, yeah. With the you know with the caveat that Star Wars are Marvel Comics, I am I'm out. I had a jump ship. I told my comic guy I was like, don't pull it. I'm good. <laughs> you know. I'll, I'll, I'll wait again for an, an, another inevitable reboot or soft reboot or reset of their um of their their universe. At some point, I don't know if they're going to follow DC again, who seem to be doing another sort of reboot. Right. But I mean, after yeah, after New Fifty Two, they did what was that one called? Um, the only ones I read of that was Aquaman. I really like Aquaman New Fifty Two, and the, but then it went into one. It was like a broad, like everything was called this slash whatever the title was. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, they've re- uh, rebirth. Rebirth. There you go. Was, was that the last one, or was the one after that? <laughs> no, uh, rebirth. I think they did about a year ago as like a line wide reboot. And it, okay. but again, uh, this summer, an- another slate of number ones are dropping. For DC. For DC, and I don't know if what what umbrella or marketing campaign they're assigning, but. Uh, Scott Snyder is doing a Justice League number one, and Scott Snyder has got to be my favorite, my favorite writer. What he did mm-hmm. with the Batman New Fifty Two just blew my brains right out of my skull. Uh, so I'm going to give that a, a, a test run, and uh, I'll see from there. I mean, Brian Michael Bendis is over there now, right? So, mm, I think so. He's got to be. He's going to get up to something kind of cool. So I might dabble in that. Like I have much more faith in DC comics right now than Marvel. But I, on the flip side, I have more faith in the Marvel cinematic stuff than I do the DC cinematic stuff. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people are on that boat where it's, it's funny that it's just kind of inversed, right? DC's got the comics on packed tight. Marvel's got the movies packed tight. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm rooting for Marvel to get their comics in order. I mean, they would. I guess they would say, "Oh, we do. We're, we're everything's fine here. Nothing to see." 
<laughs> but I, I I disagree. Then of course I'm waiting on uh the new Lando Double or Nothing series. Yeah, I think drops. That's on my pull list. But otherwise, I think it's fairly quiet on the Star Wars comic front. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's not a. I mean, there. Yeah, we have our Han Solo tie-ins, but there's not an overwhelming amount. You know. Um, and then I guess. Yeah, I mean, there really won't be any thing for episode nine until next fall, not even this fall, will be the road to nine. Yeah, Uh, I know some interesting things are happening right now in the Poe Dameron book where Laura Santeca has finally shown up and they're, I think they're they're bumping their head against uh, TFA timeline now. Right, so that'll be interesting. My my feeling is that they're going to gear for Poe to end at some point soon. Yeah, because now they're going to have no choice but to delve, uh, press a little further. Well, it's going to cross right over into The Last Jedi, right? Right, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would ha- there was obviously there's not a lot of time to fill in between there. No, unless really. they ba- unless they back tr- back it up, right? I mean, unless they drop Poe, I mean, and, and they, or, I mean, I, I don't know how long he was with the Resistance, but unless they like kind of do what they did with Vader, where Volume Two took place before Volume One. Right. They could do something like that. Maybe it splinters off and follows uh, Snap and Jess Pava as they go off looking for the survivors of, of New Republic leadership. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, over there, that's getting interesting. So I might jump on a couple issues there just to see you know the, the big stuff related to Laura Santeca. Yeah. But otherwise, it seems kind of quiet in Star Wars comics right now, which which I guess is a bit of a blessing in disguise. Right. I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, we are in a bit of a, it's a yeah. Cause it, there's not, you know, it's not like this overwhelming amount to catch up on, which is nice. Um, and then I guess they're kind of like, now we're just gearing up for the Han Solo film. So it's kind of like it, it ebbs and flows. Yeah. Oh, geez. I forgot. Uh, I, I picked up the Lando trade. I skipped that oh, in its yeah. initial run, so I picked that up in trade, and I'm I'm actually reading through that now. I'm like halfway through it, which and it's really good. I'm I'm disappointed that I didn't pick that up sooner, but <laughs> it is it's a lot of fun. Good, good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, so maybe I don't know. I don't know. I guess we can run through that quickly next time we meet here on Journals of the Willing. I I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I'm sure Darth Vader will probably make another appearance. Oh, uh, we're gonna just keep running with that. Every episode. (laughs) I mean, like, there's no reason not to cover it. (laughs) It's too good. And if if you're listening to this and you're still not buying that book, get on it. Even if you have to do it digitally because you don't have a local comic book shop. Get on that. Mm -hmm. I think I I have a feeling for the next episode, we're going to have to make sure we follow through with the Moncala arc. We'll have to do the main title and Vader and just kind of see how they, um, you know, how they run together. Yeah, how they keep layering those two titles together. For sure. Now, that's that's the plan, I think, until these arcs wrap up, which, hey, they look like they're going to stretch on here for quite some time. Issue, we know that this arc is going to carry on Invader. Boy, this looks like it's into issue 17. And that comes out in June. Yeah, we'll kick off our summer. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll have stuff to talk about for quite some time, um, which which is good. It's not failed yet, so we're going to have some good good episodes here with some good comics to talk about. 
All right, man. So that, that about wraps it up, I think, for this month. Yeah. Ready to go back and read some more comics, man. I got some books I got to catch up on. Yeah. Time I, goes so fast. It does. I, I, uh, I recently fell into the World of Warcraft pit. <laughs> oh, boy. Another, a, yeah, there's another time suck. That's the time. It, it's it's fun. Dan describes it as a drug, and and I I don't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I my my time suck in that respect was Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas. Oh, yeah. I think uh, was it Vice City or San Andreas. I would just get absorbed into that and just sit there for twelve, thirteen hours straight, and just like that, like a Saturday was gone. Right. Anyway, that's it. I think we're done for this month. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Steve, why don't you tell people where they could find you on Twitter? On the Twitter machine, you can find me at JoangoFett, G-I-O-A-N-G-O-Fett. Perfect. Uh, I am at Tumbling Saber across the board on on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. And uh, I'll just reiterate, you are got you guys listening, you are more than welcome to come join us in our uh, closed Tumbling Saber Facebook group so you can come nerd out about Star Wars in the safe confines of our little community. So uh, if you want to jump on over there, facebook.com, just search search groups for Tumbling Saber and uh, we'll re- we'll approve your request right then and there. You can come hang out and uh, talk Star Wars and all its different uh, permutations. But that's going to do for this month. Thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend and we'll talk to you in the next episode of the Tumbling Saber podcast. You've been listening to Journals of the Willing from the Tumbling Saber team, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Learn more about the network and its members at starwarscommonwealth.com 